0: I want to talk about what the Bible says about lifting up our hands tonight. Amen? Raising our hands. You know, we just had praise and worship. We clapped. We raised our hands. We sang. How many know a lot of times we do things in church and we don't really know why we do them? Amen? And uh, we need to understand that everything we do has a reason and a purpose behind it. And so I want to talk a little bit about that tonight. Uh, just felt led to do it, felt led by the Holy Spirit to talk about it. And so, I want, it's interesting, my dad mentioned hands. He, he, he many times leads in, I don't, we don't ever talk about what I'm going to preach about or anything. And uh, he doesn't have Facebook, so he doesn't know that it was on Facebook for a few hours today. So, praise God for the connection, amen, of the Holy Spirit. He mentioned hands. And I, I began to think about our hands, amen. Everybody just take a look at your hands. You might have your, your Bible there. Uh, your notes out, whatever, but you can see your hand. There's something about our hands that's very spiritual. Okay? Very spiritual. And I'm going to show you that tonight in the Word in just a moment. Um, But in Psalms 134, if you want to get that open, I'll read it in just a second. But I want you to begin to think about, okay, I come into church and maybe maybe you're new to church like Jesse, a few months here or or you've been in church a long time and, and you came into service and, and uh, whatever church you were in, you, you saw somebody lift up their hands and you were thinking, why are they raising their hands? And then you saw somebody else or, or someone said, let's lift our hands or whatever it is. And you never really knew why. So maybe you haven't done it or maybe you're just afraid to raise your hands or maybe you love to raise your hands. There's all kinds of different people in here tonight represented. But I want to give you some thoughts. You know, when you talk about your hands, uh, my hands were good to me when I met my wife because she liked my hands. She said they were handsome and she was looking for, they weren't too, you know, ashy and they were pretty. And that was something she was looking for, right? Maybe you just handsome looking hands. So I thank God for my hands. Help me get my wife. Amen. (laughs) Praise God. And so uh, when you think about your hands, what do we do with our hands? When we are in school, raise our hands. Right? Think about that. If you have the answer, you raise your hands. Right? Yeah. So the teacher says, hey, who's got the answers? Yes. We raise up our hands. It's it's a sign that I got the answer. Now, I want you to start connecting some of this with God. I got the answer. Amen. Anybody in here have the answer tonight about God? Yes. No? Two, three, four? Okay. <laughs> who's got the answer? Who's who's the answer tonight? God's, God's the answer. Jesus the answer. So we raise our hands. When we're raising our hands, we've got the answer during the service. Amen. Think about uh, being present in class. Sometimes they'll say present, or they'll say in class, and it's been a long time since I've been in school, but I remember they say, Raise your hands if you're here. They say your name and roll call, hand go up, and say you're here. So your hand was representing that you were present. How many are present here tonight? Amen. Amen. We come to church and we're present in church. We're physically here, not just mentally, but we're physically here. So we're worshiping God and we're saying, God, here I am. I'm present tonight in the service. Amen. Someone would buy something at an auction. The prices begin to roll and all those fast words begin to happen. Someone says they raise their hand. They say they got the money. I want, I want to spend that much. Another one raised their hands and just giving you some examples of what people do with hands. Uh, letting someone know where we are. You ever been walked into a place, and big place, a lot of people, see someone across the church or across the building, and you go like that, just like my cousin's doing to me right there. Use your hand. Amen. You don't, you don't walk in with your hands in your pocket and go. Right? You don't do that. You, you, you lift up your hand and you wave and say, or if you've got a seat saved, you gesture them on over with your hand. And you say, come sit right here. We use our hands a lot. If you think about it, our hands are very important. To receive something. Has anybody ever received something? When you receive something, you cannot receive it without your hands. You, if you've got your hands in your pockets, when someone tries to give you something, how are you going to get it? Right? With your mouth, I guess, right? If it was something you could put in your mouth. But, I mean, you, you put your hand out. If someone's going to give you a $500 or a $100 bill or $20 or any kind of gift... I don't, I don't know too many people that would keep, just be like, nah. Or just put it over there. Right? right? You'd put your hand out and what? You'd receive it. Amen. With your hands, you receive things. You, you also give things with your hands. If you're going to give somebody a gift, you don't, again, you don't walk in with it under your arm and, and toss it to them like that. Amen? You put your hand out and you hand the, the gift to them. Amen. When you meet someone, you shake their hand. It's just some examples. Our hands are used a lot and they're very, very important. Could it be that God knew that would be the case? The word hands is mentioned in the Bible in 438 verses. The word hand. 438 verses. How many of us you know if something's mentioned that many times, it's important? 438 times. So I began to think about this, the hands, and I began to think about the tongue. Okay, when we've talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit before and having a prayer language, we've talked about why we are baptized in the Holy Spirit. Some people think that uh, erroneously think that you just uh, have the gift of tongues. To have the tongue and interpretation in the Bible or in the service, like First Corinthians talks about in chapters fourteen, and, and, and think that that's that's what the gifts for. But how many know the Bible says that gifts for everybody? That speaking another language is for everybody. And the reason that Paul said, I wish that everybody would speak in tongues is why? Because our tongues are vile. Right? right? It's the most dangerous, really most dangerous part of our bodies. And the Bible says in James, who can tame it? Right. Who can tame the tongue? And and, and with our tongue we lie, with our tongue we deceive, with our tongue we gossip, with our tongue we slander, with our tongue we do all kinds of negative things. I'm just picking on the negative side for a second. And then then with our tongue we bless, with our tongue we say, hey, you look nice, with our tongue we say, hey, I love you, with our tongue we say all these things. And so the, the Bible says in James that how is it possible that out of our mouth as Christians, salt and sugar, sweet, good and bad can come out of the same mouth. Okay? So I thought about that and I thought, you know what? It's very similar with our hands. As believers, God has blessed us with these hands to do things that glorify God. Amen. Right? This is another part of our body. If you've ever met someone who's lost an arm or has no function of their hand, you ask my mom tonight how important a ha- two hands is. Amen, mom? It's really important to have two hands. She, she, we could take for granted the fact tonight that we can clap our hands, because we have both of them working. Come on, somebody. And these things are very important. If you began to stop today and think about all the things you did today, all day long, you'd be amazed at how much you used your hands. Just, Just go back with me for a second. When you woke up, you got out of bed, you began to go get ready, you went and took a shower, amen, I hope, praise God, unless you took it last night. You went to go brush your teeth, When you go to brush your teeth, you hold the toothbrush, put toothpaste with the other hand. It's difficult to put toothpaste on a toothbrush with one hand. Or no hands. Can you imagine walking into the bathroom, hands behind your back, hands in your pocket, and and say, okay, I'm going to brush my teeth. Let's see how we figure this, how we do this. Come here, toothbrush. I know it's being funny, but think about this. Think about how much we use our hands. Come here, toothbrush. How many know you're going to be there for a while? Your breath's going to be stinking worse. Amen? You need to to wash your face. Eat breakfast. Get some cereal out. All these things. All day long we use these things. Drive the car. Hold the books at school. Work with them. I mean, it just goes on and on. Thousands of things all day long. We're doing with our hands. These things right here are super important. Right? So if they're super important to our life, they're super important to God. And then just like the tongue, I began to think, you know, you can also uh, do some really bad things with your hands. People steal with these hands. With the same hands you could bless somebody, you can steal something that's not yours. With the same hands that you, can, that you can go up to somebody. Have you ever had somebody walk up to you? And I know there's some people that are less touchy than others. Some people don't like to be touched. They, they, they want their space. They got their space. And they say, hey, "I don't come in this place. But, you know, sometimes it's nice to have somebody come, put their hand on your shoulder, say it's going to be all right. Right? Just, just that gentle touch, if it's going to be all right, is a powerful thing. With that same hand, you can do so many good things. But then you can also push somebody with those same hands. Push them down. Just knock them off their feet. Just push them down with those same hands. You can punch somebody with that hand. I mean, this thing right here is a weapon. People have killed people with this hand. Amen? Y'all following me tonight? I mean, these things right here are weapons. Okay? But if they're weapons, they can also be weapons for God. Amen? The Bible says that our battle is no longer with flesh and blood, but it's spiritual. And so we can make a spiritual battle, we can can win a battle with these hands tonight, amen? So let's start off in Psalms 134, verse 1, if you're there, say amen. Amen. It says, Behold, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord. Before I read on anymore, how many of you are servants of the Lord tonight? Amen. Amen? Servants of the Lord. So I'm talking to you tonight. He says, Who by night stand in the house of the Lord. That's where we're at right now, in the house of the Lord. Lift, watch this, lift up your hands in the sanctuary. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and do what? Bless the Lord. The Lord who made heaven and earth bless you Zion. Now, before I go on any further, this is not a message that you're going to be judged on or, or given a test on, or if you, if you don't do it a certain way, or if you don't raise your hands, you're going to be looked down on. Amen. I want to teach you tonight why we raise our hands. I want to teach you tonight what the Bible says about why we do things. Clapping can be involved in there too. The Psalm says, shout unto God with the voice of triumph, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. How many know if God says in his word to do something, we should do it. We're just simply obeying the Lord. And so some people would walk into maybe a, a service. Maybe you were raised a certain way in a certain denomination, a certain church. And the church you were raised in did not clap their hands then you would come in and it'd be a little, you'd be a little shocked in here. They'd hear all the clapping. I know some people in here this morning, tonight that are, that are like that, amen? And, and so it was a little bit weird that, that people would be clapping or people would be shouting, I love you, God, or people would be doing these different things. But it's, it's weird to me that the same people that would never clap their hands in a church service would clap their hands for a half an hour for a team, or go to a concert someone who would never raise their hands to God in a church service would go to a concert and throw up the what is it called the two horns or there's a word for it somebody know devil horns horns, the devil's horns when they're at a concert if you do this this is I love you you put the thumb in it's the devil's horns and people at concerts stand all long the concert long stand sometimes we're like oh man we've been standing for half an hour we forget where we came from. Yet someone goes stand for five hours to get in a concert. Then go in a concert where there's no seats that they paid for to be there. Big money. Large money, if you remember that message. And then you're there and you stand with a bunch of people you don't know. Acting like an absolute fool for a concert for a, people singing up there. That's not even singing to God. I'm not talking to anybody now. I'm just telling you how, how the relation is. And, and then then some, many people would raise their hands and put that thing up. Or maybe they just put the one hand up. and you're number one, whatever. And they would lift their hands. How is it possible we would do all that and not do it to God? Come on, amen. How would we do all that and not do it to God? So it's something to think about. I, I began to think about this. And especially that thought came to me even while we were worshiping about the... About the, the horns and the hands and the people raising their hands at a concert. And maybe you've done that. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. Let me show you a few stories. First Kings chapter 8. Just get your Bibles ready real quick. I'm going to run through this. Show you a few stories in the Bible. Listen, you're not, it's, not, it's not a salvation thing whether you raise your hands or not. But it is a liberating thing. Amen. There is a power in lifting your hands unto God. Amen. And so as we get into First Kings 8, as you're getting there, I want to read verse 22. This is Solomon's prayer of dedication. You're going to see many times, remember, 438 Bible verses talk about hands. And i am just choose a few that tonight. Solomon, verse 22, 1 Kings 8, stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the assembly of Israel. And what did he do? Spread out his hands toward heaven. And he said, Lord God of Israel, there is no God in heaven above or on earth below like you. Who keep your covenant and mercy with your servants. Who walk before you with all their hearts. You have kept what you promised your servant David my father. You have both spoken with your mouth and fulfilled it with your what? Hand Hand, as it is this day. Then he goes on in verse 54. If you just go down there real quick to verse 54 he said. And so it was when Solomon had finished praying all this prayer and supplication to the Lord, he arose from before the altar of the Lord, from kneeling on his knees, and with his hands spread up to heaven. Amen? So we see an attitude tonight in a person when we lift our hands. If you've been lifting your hands maybe and don't even know why, you're going to believe tonight knowing why you lift your hands. You've been doing it maybe just out of obedience that everybody else is doing it. And you're thinking, well, you know, I've seen their life. They seem to be a good believer and they seem to have some fruit in their life. So I'm just copying them. And maybe you didn't really know why you were doing it. Well, tonight, now you're going to know. You'll be able to lift your hands even more excitingly, amen, and understand what you're doing. You know, you think about police officers. Okay, when you get arrested, or even before you get arrested, if you don't get arrested, when a police officer is needing to detain you. You have become a threat to him or to the law. What is the police officer going to tell you to do? Put your hands up. Right? That's, that's just a fact. Well known. Police officer is going to put a gun on you. Most likely if it's a dangerous situation. Or he's going to have his hand on his gun. And he's going to say, put your hands up. What does that mean? What is he doing when he says, put your hands up? He's telling you to surrender your will to Him, so He knows that when you put your hands up, you are submissive to Him. Submissive. When I raise my hands to God, I'm telling Him, God, I surrender. God, I'm submissive to You. You have my attention. I am doing. I have no intentions of anything bad, but I have intentions of good. Amen. I surrender and I submit. Those are two very important words that you would do. And, and then it's interesting that when... Well, maybe the police officer, and thank God I've never been arrested. Amen. If you have, amen, that's part of your testimony, I guess. Amen. And I know some have been arrested many times. We know Pastor Marshall probably leads, leads the league. Amen. And arrests right there with Pastor Manny. <laughs> They've been arrested quite a few times. Y'all know Pastor Manny's been arrested over 50 times? Yeah. Believe it or not. He says that, so it's not, I'm not putting him on blast. It's part of his testimony. That's a lot of arrests. Or they say, hey, put your hands on the car. Spread them and put your hands on the car. Okay, you're you're saying I surrender, I submit, I'm not going to do nothing. Because they're not afraid of you uh, doing anything with, you can't can't grab someone with your feet. I mean, you have to be a really good WWF person, right? But (laughs) your hands are dangerous. Okay, they arrest you, and when they arrest you, what do they do? Tie up your hands. Handcuffs. I'm not trying to bring back bad memories to anybody here or anything, amen? I'm not trying to do that, but I'm just getting you to think. Put your hands, Put your hands what, behind your back, and they handcuff you, and then your hands are, are totally tied up, right? So there's something to that, that, that the hands are a threat to those police officers. And they know if they don't have hands, they can't hurt me. They can't shoot a gun. I mean, I'm sure, again, I'm, I'm, not, I'm sure there are some people that are very talented, okay? But it's difficult to shoot a gun with your foot. Said, I'm sure on Guinness Book of World Records, you'd probably go to one of those, like Pastor Josh says, weird pages of YouTube. Probably find someone who can shoot with a foot, but most people are going to shoot with a gun, with their hand. And so once you've got your hand, their hands taken care of, no longer a threat. So there's something about the hands, that, that God wants us to see that's important. Amen. Ezra nine five. You don't have to look at this for time. You can write it down if you can get there fast. That's fine. But Ezra nine five says this. This is when Ezra. Was, was, was dealing with his people and he, he was noticing that a lot of his people in his congregation were, were uh, becoming unequally yoked and they were marrying with people who were not believers just to put it in our terms of today okay there was the all the the canaanites and the par, par, parasites amen and all those sites amen they were all there together and they were, they were marrying with people. It wasn't that they were interracially marrying. That wasn't the problem. They were marrying with people who were not believers. Amen. It was unequally yoked. They were marrying with unbelievers, okay? And so he's really, really upset. How many have been in that place? You're just really upset. Something's really got you down. Uh, you, you, you're depressed. You're, you're dealing with the situation at your job. You're dealing with the situation of your finances. You're just dealing with something that's really, really got you down. And this is where Ezra was, and he was ashamed, that his people were intermarrying with these people who were uh, f- uh, worshiping foreign gods. And they were, they were not, just, not just saying, well, I agree with what you do. They were marrying them. And so he was very ashamed and very upset. And it says in Ezra 9:5, at the evening sacrifice, I arose from my fasting, having torn my garment and my robe, I fell on my knees and spread out my hands to the Lord my God. There's something about uh, humility. There's something about sacrifice. There's something about uh, dying to myself when I lift my hands unto the Lord. Amen? Say amen with me. Amen. Let's look real quick at Exodus. I know that's an easy book to get to. And I'm going to run through this just in a couple minutes. Anybody getting anything tonight? Amen. Exodus chapter 17. Just shout amen when you get there. One of the most very well-known stories in the Bible and I, and I probably didn't even have to have you go there because you've heard it. But I do, I do want to read it in Exodus 17. This is the story that many of you have heard. If you've been saved very long, you've heard somebody tell this story about Moses holding his hands up. Amen. Amen. They were fighting the Amalekites. And this is in Exodus 17, verse 8. Now Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, Choose us some men and let's go out and fight with them. I keep wanting to say Amalekites, Amalek. Tomorrow, I will, watch this, I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. And so Joshua did as Moses said to him. Amen. How many know if God's not telling us to jump off a cliff, it's probably okay to obey him. Right? It's okay to obey and, and trust when someone's telling us to do something that's in the Bible. Amen. He wasn't saying go jump off a cliff and kill yourselves. So they, they obeyed. Joshua said, okay, I'll do what you say. We see that power of obedience. Sometimes raising our hands, whether you want to or not, whether you agree with it or not, whether you like it or not, is obedience. Because the Bible says, I'm supposed to do it. Uh, and you, if, if a police officer puts you, you, the gun on you and says, raise your hands, you do it because you're obeying him, not because you want to. Right? It's not like, you're. oh, I was waiting for you to do that. Has to some thank you for finally telling me to put my hands up. Right? They're not excited about it. They're doing it out of obedience, and it saves their life from getting shot. I, I just like to be obedient to God. I don't have to understand everything. And so he says, and so it was. Watch this, verse eleven. When Moses held up his hand, that Israel what prevailed. And when he let his hand down, who prevailed? Amalek. So there could be a relation to victory in a praise service, in your daily walk, in your prayer time. There could be a relation to victory when you lift up your hands and you say, God, I worship you. I praise you. And I, and I just, I want to be like Moses. I want to be a winner. I don't want to lose. And there's something about this. It may, it may sound so weird that it could be that simple, but then when you really start thinking about how important our hands are, you kind of see what God's trying to do. Then verse 12, but Moses Hands became heavy. So he took a stone and put it under him and he sat on it. And Aaron and her supported his hands, one on one side and one on the other. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Amen. Why? Because he had his hands lifted. She said, Well, really? Did he really win because his hands were lifted? That's what it says. That's what it says. There was no other recipe. So, I mean, it would, it would, see, it would seem so crazy. Do you, how many know that if you were blind tonight and Jesus told you to go dip yourself in the water, you'd go dip if you wanted to become unblind? Amen. How many know if you were blind tonight and Jesus began to spit on the ground and pick up mud, you wouldn't say, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, don't, don't put that in my eyes. You'd just stay blind. How many know that there's some weird things that God did in the Bible, but because people obeyed, they got healed? Amen. 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 It's just, sometimes it's just saying, God, I don't really understand it. But I'm going to obey you. And I know there's a power in obedience. There's a liberty in obedience. Psalms 28, verse 2 says this. Hear the voice of my supplications, meaning prayer. When I cry to you, and he says, when I lift up my hands toward your holy sanctuary. So this, this, this isn't, you're seeing a lot of stuff here in the church service and, 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 and in, in, in the praise time. But it's definitely not only that. It's it's your personal time. It's your personal worship with God. Amen? You know, we've been talking about that a lot. You're never going to waste time worshiping. I used to watch my pastor in Costa Rica, and I really learned something from him. We would walk around uh, neighborhoods and be on outreach or just be scoping out the ground. We'd just be walking, and sometimes he'd be in front of me, and I would see him just walk with his hands raised. He would just be walking around and I'd see him go like this and I'd see him praying and I didn't really understand what he was doing. But I understand now he understood there was something spiritual about raising his hands. And I don't know if he was claiming that ground. I don't I never asked him, but I just watched him. And there's something powerful about that. Amen. Maybe God said, put your hands up. This place is yours. Amen. So there's just something liberating about, again, surrender and submission to God. Psalms 141, verse 2. Let my prayer be set before you as incense. How many want your prayers and your worship and your praise to be incense for God? Amen. amen. You just want it to be a sweet aroma unto God. You just want it to be wonderful to Him. And then he says, the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. I mean, I've read quite a few verses already. Amen. The lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Now, let me, let me close with this tonight. I know how people think. And so, most people would say, well, you haven't read anything from the New Testament yet. I didn't say anybody did, but that's how people think sometimes. And that's just, just kind of how we go. All right? But I'm, I'm going to give you a verse in the New Testament just because, but I'm going to explain something to you important after that. 1 Timothy 2.8 says, I desire that the men pray everywhere. What? Lifting up holy hands. Without wrath, and doubting. But even more important than that verse right there is understanding the Bible and understanding that when Jesus came upon the earth, he did not come to destroy the law. He came to fulfill the law. And if Jesus did not touch a new subject and he didn't say like he did with many things where he said, okay, for example, the 10 commandments, he said, okay, you know, the 10 commandments, but the 10 commandments is summed up in this, that you love your brother Uh, as yourself that you love the lord your god with all your heart all your soul and all your mind that's how you sum up the ten commandments so he didn't change the ten commandments but he he talked about that and said this is how you fulfill that if jesus doesn't touch a subject in the new testament it keeps going you following that it keeps going if he doesn't deal with it and change it it keeps going so he would have said hey you don't need to raise your hands anymore that's not powerful anymore, then we wouldn't raise our hands. Hey, you don't need to clap anymore. We wouldn't clap our hands. Hey, you don't need to shout anymore. We wouldn't shout. Hey, you don't need to come to church anymore. Hey, you don't need to tithe anymore. Hey, you don't need to... If he said all these things, then we wouldn't do them. But he didn't do it. He left it alone. And if he doesn't change it, it stays. It keeps on going all the way till Jesus comes back. So there's no need for us to change What worked in the Old Testament when it comes to praising and worshiping. And we know the greatest praiser and worship outside of the one who fell, which was Lucifer. As far as I, in my opinion, David was probably next. He wrote all the Psalms. I mean, who, I mean, you know, most of the songs today, a a lot of the songs today are written from the words of David in the book of Psalms. So he was a worshiper. And he's the one mentioning all these things. And so, if you've ever met someone that does something good, what do you do? You emulate them. Say, man, that David. Now, you don't want to emulate his adultery. And you don't want to emulate his murder. And you don't want to emulate those things. It's like, you know, you do the good, spit out the bad, follow the good. Okay? So, you don't want to emulate those things. But you say, man, that David, he had something going on with that worship. So much that when Saul was down, he'd call him in to come and praise and worship for him. And the spirit of the enemy would leave. And so I say, well, if David lifted his hands and he had power in that, I think I'm going to do that too. And I'm just going to be obedient about it. Amen? Amen? Let me finish with one more thing. This is really neat. Let's go to the book of Nehemiah, if you can find it. You've got a, you got a uh, concordance in the beginning of your Bible, if you don't, or the end. Index, sorry, if you don't know where it is. Nehemiah chapter 8. It's in the beginning of the Old Testament near Ezra, right before, right after Ezra. Say amen when you're there. Amen. If you can't find Nehemiah, you will probably be able to find Job. Or a job. <laughs> amen. If you find Job, go back. Y'all there? I really want you to look at this tonight. I thought this was neat. We might sometimes think, you know, why do I go to church? Why do we have service? Why do we have Wednesday night? Look around. Isn't it good we're having Wednesday night service? Hey. Amen. It's good to be all together tonight with all these people around us. So that's just one good reason. But let's look at the Bible. Nehemiah. Great story. You know the building of the wall. How many heard Nehemiah, the building of the wall? Okay, it's a great story there. I want to show you something here. This this is kind of like Wednesday night or Sunday night or Sunday morning when we come to church. You see a dynamic here. We need to learn to take the Bible and relate it to our lives. Not just read it as a story, but relate it. I've been trying to show you for the last few minutes the relation of your hands and praise and worship and how things work in the world. And so, uh, at Nehemiah chapter 8, I'm going to read this in just a second, but right before you do, Nehemiah rebuilds the wall successfully. How many remember that? The wall needed to be rebuilt. Now, was there any opposition when Nehemiah built that wall? Or did they just let him put it up? Right? What, what was Pastor Jones talking a lot about in that revival? Anytime that God wants to move, there's going to be opposition. The devil's not going to just let us have territory. He's not just going to say, oh yeah, you want want Denton? Here, here you go, take it. He's not going to do that. So anytime we try to build something that's God, there's going to be opposition. So Nehemiah is building that wall with opposition. And so how many know every time you come to go to church, Wednesday night, Sunday night, Sunday morning, to a Bible study, to breakaway, to a prayer meeting, to do any, how many know the devil fights you to get there? He fights you hand and and foot, tooth and nail, all the sayings you want to say. He fights you physically, mentally, spiritually, wives and husbands fighting, kids biting, amen, kids sick, amen, kids acting crazy, Uh, jobs holding you over, you're sick, you're tired, traffic. All these different things are fighting you and opposing you from us as Victory World Outreach tonight in Denton, Texas, building the wall to be a a moving force in the kingdom of God. He's fighting us, amen, all the time to do these things. And that happened to Nehemiah after heavy opposition. But here we are, the picture of the church. They build the wall. And after they build the wall, they find the Bible. It's been lost for a long time. They find the law. Can you imagine tonight if we had gone? See, we're so spoiled with Phones and apps, three or four Bibles, one here, one on the shelf, one in the room, one in the car. We're spoiled with the word. But can you imagine tonight if all of a sudden our phones were gone, apps were gone, Bibles were gone, what it would mean to not have those things tonight. These people were going after a great victory. They had built a a, a moving kingdom of God church. But they had no Bible. They had no law. They had nothing to look at. And so how many know, just like today, when we begin to get away from the Bible and God's teachings, we begin to make big mistakes like our nation is today. And so they find the law and man, they are excited. And and Ezra is excited. And I want you to look at verse eight and look at a picture of the church tonight. This is neat. In verse six of Nehemiah eight, it says, and Ezra blessed the Lord. The great God. When we come in worship, we're blessing our great God. Amen? And watch this. Okay, say amen again. Amen. Say it one more time. Amen. Isn't that cool? Amen. It means so be it. Why do we say amen? Because it's in the Bible. Amen. See, we do so many things sometimes. We don't really know why we do it. But I can promise you, if we're doing it, we're trying to trying to implement the Bible. We're trying to do what they're doing in the Bible. Amen? Amen? Amen. 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 Okay, here, here he is. He's got the word. They haven't heard the word for a long time. He gets up and blesses the people. And the people answer what? Amen. 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 And then what do they do? While lifting up their hands. And they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. That's like a, that's like a service right there. They like got Sunday night, Wednesday night, Sunday morning service. Through opposition, through battles to get here through fighting the flesh, through fighting all kinds of things, we get to church, we praise and worship, we lift our hands in worship, we, we sing unto God, we clap our hands, we shout unto God, we give our our, our our finances to the Lord so we can have a place to do all this at, and, we be, and build the kingdom, and then we hear the word of God, and as we're listening to it, we say amen, amen, amen. Praise God. This is good stuff. Why do we lift our hands? Because God says for us to. Amen? And if you haven't tried it, I challenge you tonight. Like I said, I'm not going to be looking at you on Sunday, seeing who's going to be raising their hands or who doesn't. I'm, I'm worshiping God myself. But I challenge you tonight to begin to say, you know what? Man, I really understand this now. And listen, I only chose a few verses. Why we raise our hands. The power of it. But I want you to think, as the musicians come tonight, I want you to think, again, sometimes just stop and look at your hands. And just say, God, man, these these things right here can be such a blessing. They can be such a curse. They can do so much good. They can do so much bad. And God wants these things right here to be sanctified. He wants these things right here to bless. You can bless. I mean, obviously, raising your hands into God is not the only way. But there's something about the dynamic of lifting them to the Lord. Open-faced. Or front face. There's no right way. There's a joke in some video, I think, of all the different ways. There's a bunch of names. Like two hands up, one hand up, one down. Right hand up, left hand down. There's all kinds of... There's there's some, you know, video about that. Doesn't matter. I didn't see anywhere in here any specific exact way. Halfway up, full staff. Amen. Whatever it is. Doesn't really say. But that you would just understand that why I do it is I'm saying, God want these things to be holy I don't want them to be unclean I don't want them to do bad things maybe you could be worshipping and praising God and praying and be in that attitude and you go to shake someone's hand and that hand's anointed and they feel the presence of God on your hand when you shake their hand when you walk up to somebody like I'm going to do to my daughter and you just put your hand on their back and you just pat them on the back they feel the presence of God because those hands have been lifted unto God or you're just obeying the Lord in battle. You're having a prayer time at your house. You're by yourself and you're living or your bedroom. And you just lift your hands unto the Lord. I remember, this is just a personal testimony. Didn't happen a lot. But I remember when I first got saved and gave my life back to the Lord. After running from Him for many years. I knew He was real always. But I just didn't want to let go of the sin in my life. When I finally came back and I said, God, I'm never leaving you again. I remember there was nights I would lay in my bed and it was pitch dark and I'd say God I want to feel you I want to touch you and I would lift my hand I'd be laying down on my bed and I'd put my hands up in the air and I would just worship him I would just praise there wasn't any specific words but I remember it wasn't every night and it wasn't all the time there was a few times I could feel God's hands touching my hands I could feel something there it was so powerful. And so I've always realized that these things right here are weapons. Amen. And just like the tongue, I can use them to bless or I can use them to curse. I can use them to lift up God or I can use them to not. So I just choose personally to be a worshiper that lifts his hands, claps his hands, shouts unto God. Amen. As you you bow your heads, I want to read you one more verse. As you bow your heads and close your eyes. In the book of Lamentations chapter 3 verse 40 and 41 as you're closing your your eyes and bowing your head listen to this please don't shut me off I want you to listen to us. it says let us search out and examine our ways let us search out and examine our ways and turn back to the Lord and then it says in verse 41 and let us this is really important. Please listen to this part if you're going to get anything else in the message. Let us lift our hearts and hands to God in heaven. It's always, always a heart issue. That's what God's looking for tonight. Whether or not you lift your hands, whether you lift it halfway, all the way, one hand, two hands, however you worship God, it's a heart thing. It's a heart thing. But even if you begin to think about that and you say, well, I just that's, that's why I don't lift my hands because, you know, God knows my heart. Well, there still is a step of obedience. There still is an act of saying, God, if, if it was good enough for you in the Bible, if it was good enough for David, if it was good enough for Paul, if it was good enough for Ezra, if it was good enough for Nehemiah, if it was good enough for Moses, I'm not better than them. I want to be a follower. I want to be... Person who imitates the Word of God. So just think about that tonight as we pray and as we close out this service. The Holy Spirit deals with us, He teaches us things. And again, you might say, What's the big deal? It's not a big deal. Let God deal with you and your heart. And as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed all over this place, you might be here and you don't know Jesus personally. You might believe in God you might believe in Jesus even but you've never given him your life your heart your soul your mind you never said God I, I need a savior maybe you're here and you don't even believe you don't even believe in God maybe you're here and you have doubts God are you real maybe some really bad things have happened to you maybe you're going through a real fight tonight in your life whatever you're dealing with I want you to know God knows he already knows and he loves you He's got to plan the purpose for you.